to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. My name is Jay Outway. And I am Jack Outway. And we're a father-son team that is uh, talking all things D&D. All things Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Although sometimes we, we make reference to some of the older editions of the game. Yeah. Um, and a little uh, tradition here at uh, Like Dragon, Like Sun, uh, where every uh, Halloween we like to... Uh, do our top 10 countdown. That's right. And I say every Halloween, this is the first time we've done it. It's annual. This it is. is the first it is. This annual. is the first annual. And uh, and so, yeah. Uh, so new on the list this year, uh, coming in at number 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, never right bef- Never it. been on, on our list before. Um, and actually, none of these, uh, we've never had a list before, so there's that. But, uh, but this actually is a new-ish, mm. I guess, Uh monster because it is um part of the uh critical role well it's surely not that new that was pretty old that was like nearly two years ago well i guess um so this is from explorer's guide to wild mount which Mm. i guess isn't that that new but it's new in the sense that yeah it's it's very 5e so uh it's a zombie um and you might be thinking out there in Radio Land, uh, that's like boring. There's been zombies forever. Yeah, mm. but listen, this is a better zombie. Um, this is the Husk Zombie Burster. First of all, new art, which looks pretty cool. Yeah. And these are definitely World War Z type speedy. Super zombies. Uh, skeletons. They got a movement speed of 35. They got... More hit points, 37. It's take a while to take them down. They got a good constitution. Uh, and uh, actually, their wisdom saving throws uh, uh, straight uh, plus zero, um, which is great. These things are, and they're a bit strong. They're a strength of 16. So they got a little yeah. bit of they're beef to them. They're pretty too, you know. Um, they're a little faster as well. Like you said, 35 yeah. feet. Yeah, so they can run, right? They can really catch up Outrun to you. Outrun your players. And that's that's the terrifying things. And again, you know, like, you know, many things that with these lower sort of CRs, this is a CR1, you might want to put a couple of them or a few of them together to really scare the uh, pants off your party. Or put them in a town setting where suddenly this Curse of the Husk, which we'll get to, gets yeah. kind of scary. So this is, this is the best bet, right? So the Curse of the Husk, a humanoid slain by a melee attack from the zombie, i.e. it's got a multi-attack, so either it's claws or, like, it's claws, I guess. Um, it just got claws. Uh, if you get killed by this thing tearing you apart, then you, like, immediately, next turn, boom, you you turn into a zombie. Yeah. A husk zombie. And now there's two on, its, on its next turn... Anything yeah, that's killed crazy. by it is like revives as a Hasami on its next turn. That's crazy. Yeah, in a town setting, you start with one of these, and then just like it's a tavern, and then there's two, and then there's ten, and then suddenly yeah. you've got a TPK on your hands. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, good not. times, right? But, that's that is the fun zombie setting we've all been looking for. Yeah. Um, 
also they've got uh, Undead Fortitude. Classic so zombie So when stuff. they get to uh, zero hit points, they make a con save, which I'd mentioned is they've plus got five. Really good saves. So. Uh, and uh, and then unless the damage is radiant or, or from, from a critical, critical yeah, yeah. Uh, the zombie is only reduced to one hit point instead. It yeah, keeps going. All the zombies are like that. Uh, and well, most zombies, at least the classic zombies, like this as well. Where even though you might hit it, strike it down to zero and kill it, it could just survive. And the fact that there's no like once per short or long resting that this happens every single time you try and kill it, and it's got a plus five to these saves, you got to be doing pretty big hits. Right. So the to DC, the DC has got to get over is five plus the damage taken. Given that it's already got a plus five, it's uh, pretty much just the damage taken. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, you you do ten points of damage to it. It's uh, it's got to make a, a DC ten. It's got to roll like Pretty much a, a, roll 10, a ten. Yeah, you know. Uh, so there's that, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then the last little feature on this one, which makes uh, it which is the cool. burster version. There's a normal version, which yeah, isn't the burster. But the burst is so great. So the zombie explodes and is destroyed. This is an action though, so yeah. it's not like it just happens it can, when it dies. Yeah, but this is just it. It can like come up to you, maybe grapple you even or something, and then just go kab. Boom. Or if you're in a tavern and this thing runs up with oh, like yeah. a big bloated stomach with like and poison everywhere. Uh, yeah. Uh, five feet must make a DC 12 con save or take 14 points. That's 46 poison damage. Uh, and half as much in a successful one. So no yeah, matter what, you're taking typical, the poison here. Taking some damage there. And then if you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to like make it just a little, if you wanted to buff that just a little, you could even give people uh, a bit of a poison condition from that. True. The uh, fun thing though, uh, I guess fun from a DM perspective, is that if a humanoid is killed by this, it rises uh, as a husk zombie after one minute though, not immediately. Actually, in this one, it says on the next turn. So you buy a melee attack from the zombie. The that's husk yeah, that's your curse of the husk. Your, the burst one takes a Oh, I minute. see. Oh, I see. Right, right. Okay, so it explodes, and then you're thinking, oh, everything's fine now. The zombie's well, everyone's gone. dead, but... And then suddenly, the rrr, and then they all rise. Groaning and, and rising one minute later, um, which is cool. Yeah. It does sacrifice itself, so you want to try and get more than one other with this, but still, But yeah, if you, cool. if you want to do a zombie fight this Halloween, and why not? That's a fun, simple thing. Like, your characters just wander into town, and uh, yeah some some little mysterious thing has been going on in the background nothing too big a deal just just one little zombie's risen from the grave from you know some sort of childish necromatic uh mm. prank and that one little zombie then turns into more and more swaths and more. one final thing that makes it particularly devious is that its multi-attack is very special for that whenever it reduces a creature to zero it can immediately make an additional claw attack Yes, which you, is kind of insane, especially if you've got a bunch of town people. Yeah, regular people with like, you, get like shh, 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 you know, who only have maybe three, you know, four hit points. Yeah, exactly. It does. This thing's only going to be doing about six hit points of damage. True. Your party's One a little D6 bit. Plus three, if you want to buff it again a little bit, your party's a little bit higher level. You could increase its damage just a little bit, mm. um, or give it a three attacks instead of two. You know, it's got a plus five to hit right at the moment, which is pretty good. But, you know, that could be upped by another plus one, another extra plus mm. one to damage or something, just a little bit more to make sure those villagers are all dying eh, like you want them to. Yeah. Or just nerf your villagers' hit points or whatever. Or True. just simply Keep just say if it hits a villager, <laughs> they die. Yeah, exactly. Um, Easy way to do it. Just do it that way even. Simplify your, your mm. math problems. Because, you know, the thing about combat, it's not about the math. It's about the story. 
Exactly. And we forget. And the math it's can easy, be fun. It's easy to get lost in the math sometimes. True. Some people really like the math. <laughs> Little addition and subtraction. Why not? Um, fun times. All right. Moving on. Who's, moving on. What's at number nine? Classic monster. Good for any sort of Halloween spooky yeah. setting. Because you, you want, want people on edge. This jump, is an easy way to do it. Because it's a jump scare. It is a jump scare. Essentially. Great jump scare. One of the most classic jump scares of all time is the mimic present in like anything where you come up to a, a treasure chest and suddenly it swallows you alive. This thing has got a lot of unique features. Um, iconic in D&D really is the mimic. And there's some other versions of this thing that is also pretty cool uh, if you want to spice your mimics up a little bit. Uh, there's some stuff on Mimic. It was that time my party shows, walked right? into this tavern, right? And the party was all talking about, you know, the the mimic they killed, and you know what a good time it was, and the party laughed, and the bartender laughed, and the table laughed. That's right. And then attacked the party. Swallows them whole, and it can do so easily because of their cool features that they get. They're a shape changer monstrosity, um, and. The thing is that they get to turn into pretty much any object um, that they've kind of seen, I think, is the, is the nature of it, right? Yeah, and I think that this is the scary thing like you can do as a DM because you can just place any sort of mundane object in the room. It could be, this could be, I mean, the chest is obviously the classic one because party members are drawn to it because we all know chests are holding mm. treasure. But like I said, it could be the table. It could be the chair. It could be a painting on the wall. It could be, you know, anything. You know, there's whatever little devious trap you want to throw for this. Yeah. Uh, there's some fun examples. Like, I know the like the one where they find a, a sword and it turns out to be a mimic. Um, and it bites your hand. And then <laughs> attacks you back. Um, or you've made a friendship or an alliance with this mimic that is now turning into weapons for you you know and can turn into any sort of weapon you want it's a fun idea for a um, pact of the blade warlock is that why can you suddenly summon all these different weapons because your patron is a mimic um and that's your hex blade is that this mimic turns into different weapons for you on command that's crazy and your hex blades curses it just opening its jaw for that extra critical advantage hit or whatever yeah. <laughs> it's pretty creative um one of my favorite hex blades i've seen out there um not just some Raven Queen nonsense. No, I'm kidding. Um, you can play whatever Hexblade you want to play. Um, but I thought that was a super creative idea. Yeah. Uh, it's got quite a few hit points for a CR2 creature at 58, which is nearly 60. Yeah. Uh, and it's got some other things as well while it's an object. It can adhere to anything it touches. Um, and huge or smaller creatures that are adhered to it are also grappled by it. Only a DC 13, but again, you could bump that up if you want to be extra scary. Um the thing, though, is that these checks to escape have disadvantage. Um, so good luck getting out of there as it slowly draws you into its big row of teeth, you know, toothy maws, Matt Mercer would say. Yeah, look, and I also think, I know the way D&D is supposed to work is that you roll for initiative and then, you know, if somebody's surprised, they don't get their attack that round. Mm, but there's something that, yeah. So, but there's a little something about the mimic because of that jump scare thing, I would, I would just hold on saying roll for initiative and just let the, the mimic make the attack roll first, make it surprise attack. Mm -hmm. There was something about, especially on Halloween that, that as a jump scare, I would just be like, Nope, for this occasion, boo, you know, it comes yeah. out at you. Cause that's what scariness is all it requires. Scariness requires true surprise. I think of players Shock. as well. Just go, what? 
What do you mean the table just bit me? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it can be like, feel with, like, or the, ward- mean, with the wardrobe or something, especially true. when it grapples you like that and you've been pulled into it. Like, ah. That's hilarious. It does feel a bit mean. Only terribly mean, though, if the PC dies. Yeah. Um, if PC just hurt a bit and cleric, you know, hits him with a healing word and everything's okay again, not so bad. Mm, I like role playing mimics because theoretically they could speak languages. I mean, they don't hear and their intelligence is low, but bump their intelligence up and suddenly they're this devious trickster force that yeah. can be negotiated with or fed, you know, that doesn't even necessarily eat everything that's in front of it, but knows that perhaps through persuasion it can get a better meal. Um, maybe which also gives me a little shop of horrors vibe like you could make the mimic like a big plant like plant like thing totally mimics are Feed so versatile me see more. if you want a bigger mimic that isn't just medium there's the giant mimic for you oh, yeah. uh, and if you want a mimic that can deal some more range stuff because really it can only attack things within five feet of it um, which is kind of limiting um, unless it tries to move around and it's pretty slow too uh, there's a spitting mimic, which can shoot out acid at you. Oh, yeah. Um, by the Great. way, did I mean that... the only thing that makes a mimic worse is a mimic with a ranged weapon. Exactly. And did I mention that this mimic is immune to acid? All mimics. Interesting. Um, if you didn't know, don't hit him with acid splash. Um, they does get some mean, pseudopods like, and bite stuff. Like uh, mimic, mimics and like black pudding would get along just fine, because black pudding's like all about it's like acid damage and dissolving things and stuff, mm-hmm. but a mimic could like could work with black puddings. Maybe and... it's spitting out the black puddings. Maybe. Crazy. That's gross. Uh, Yeah. There's a creepy Halloween idea. Kind of funny, though. Um, Yeah, mimics are always super versatile. And you might not think of them immediately as spooky, scary monsters, but they're a great tool. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, that's... If a little that, overused. Yeah, but that suit of armor that's in the hallway, that suddenly now springs mm-hmm. to life. And, and then there's your, again, Hexblade armor of hexes. You know, yeah. why does the hit automatically miss? Because my mimic ate up the hit. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> my armor opened its mouth and swallowed the attack whole cool uh so that was number nine uh coming in at number eight this year uh is the lowly shadow monster but mm. and this is a cr one half uh creature and it by itself isn't that dangerous um but this is one of those ones that i have seen and had played against uh on, at a table if you put six of these in a dark hallway yeah. you're in danger with players with pcs like oh my um you know there's uh, there's very few strength builds at the table these days and there's a lot of reasons for that and we're not going to get into the you know why is strength like the worst ability score uh but a lot of people avoid it a lot of people would rather do a dex fighter build than a strength fighter build it's you know quite common to see it go that way Mm. Um, and in that game, I play a, a Dex Barbarian. I'm as guilty uh, as anybody, really. So we've got a, a party full of uh, characters that have got strength eight. And what a shadow does, if you're unaware, what makes them so dangerous, is their action is something called strength drain. They get a plus four to hit, and if they do hit you, not only do you take 2d6 plus two necrotic damage, which is kind of bad levels already. Really sucks. Um, then you also have your strength score reduced by 1d4. Until you finish your short long rest. I know, still. but if you, if your strength's reduced to zero, uh, you die. Mm-hmm. You're just dead. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, 
Well, and not only that, actually, a, a new uh, shadow rises from your corpse one d four hours later. Another shadow. Uh, another shadow. And again, if you wanted to really expedite this, you could do like we were talking about with the zombies earlier, and reduce that from one d four hours to like one d four rounds or something. Or the next turn, if or you want to, maybe you want to really get scary. fast about it. Exactly. And, and suddenly like, you've got two, three, four, five shadows. And these are all draining at you. Yeah. Which again, if if the if everybody in the party's got strength eight, you aren't lasting long. Maybe three, four um, hits, and then there's a good chance that exactly. you're exactly and. And, and trying to get somebody back up uh, after this is actually a little bit tricky. Um, yeah. Good luck finding Revivify. Yeah. Well, and it's but it's even like, how do you get somebody's strength back up in the short term? Well, um, short or long rest, but. I know, but uh, so like. Otherwise, there's no I don't way. know, like greater uh, restoration like, suddenly, maybe? Suddenly, even your strength uh, characters with high strengths are now struggling. Or an even greater thing to do if you are a shadow is drain them and then start to grapple them so they can't yeah. run away because their strength is now so I low. I mean, you could do a dex to get out of it, I suppose, right? Well, you could do acrobatics, fair enough. Yeah. But still. Ooh. But you will, yeah, yeah, you're, you're in Your trouble. Your options are dwindling if you don't have acrobatics. You're in trouble. If they give you a push or something like that, though, as well, like it's easy to knock you prone, yeah. um, make it hard for you to run away. Mm. They got 40 feet of movement. Uh, and I, they're also... Uh, amorphous so they can move through a narrow one inch wide gap um and they have shadow stealth while in darkness or uh, dim light even even dim light it can take hide as a bonus action these things are scary so yeah they can pretty much if if you're in darkness you even just disappearing and they're hitting you and they're reducing your strength and there's a lot of stuff going on here they can get really bad really fast for a CR one half creature, a little group of these, which if you're building your encounter on D and D Beyond, it's like, oh, six of these. That's easy for my fifth level party. You could easily have somebody dead. Yeah, especially if you all focus, which is again a very mean thing to do. You should spread the love a little bit if you're doing something like this. Yeah, I don't players know. Players are group attacks. They feel maybe a little targeted. Yeah, a little bit. But like I said if there's six of them and it's a dark hallway and your party's got a marching order and these things are all further down the hallway or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's. Mm. You know, it is up to the party then to grab their friend and pull them back yeah. and do whatever. But yeah, this would be terrifying. And again, this is also relies a little bit on something that I think is DMZ. You kind of forget to maybe lean into as much is really using darkness. Uh, now, players will often have torches or something like that that they can light up or they even they say have dark vision. But if darkness with dark vision is still dim light. Mm. So this thing can still hide in that space and you still could miss it yeah uh and that means surprise attacks and things like that so advantages yeah um so ouchie that one is hits way above its cr class and can be quite terrifying and how easily it can disappear you can easily put all sorts of little arrow slits in there for it just to slip out of and then slip back yeah and then slip back in behind the party again yeah, Ugh. especially if you like get the setting right, this thing can be scary. This is be, yeah. This is this one with a little bit of. Uh, they don't have any hit points, and they setting. have a pretty low AC, but their resistances and immunities are pretty significant as well. Yeah, try and get radiant damage if you can. If you know a cleric with sacred flame, then these things are awake. A walk in the park. But yeah, and try not to hit them with necrotic or poison because that does nothing. And destroy undead also would just yeah obliterate exactly. Things, but did you know there's a fey version of this? No. Oh yes, I do know that. They're called yeah. reflections, right? Oh, I think they're still called shadows. Oh, but they, yeah, yeah but instead of being medium undead, they're medium fey. And mm. instead of your strength, when you hit strength zero, instead of dying, you just become unconscious. That's nicer. Yeah, good old fey. Good old fey. Speaking of way above, 
their CR ranking, we move on to the fiendish flesh golems. Yeah, fiendish flesh golems. So this is our our Frankenstein monster. But they're a little crazier than perhaps a Frankenstein. Yeah, so regular flesh golems, uh, which are a good Frankenstein. Yeah, which are have got a sort of classic uh, sort of uh, you know they've been they're a construct. Mm. They're large. Um, They got you know a bunch of hit points and stuff together. But the the fiendish one takes the thing to a whole nother level. Like yeah, with over two hundred hit points and a thirty foot flying speed that can hover, this thing is tough. Yeah, it's, and can get around. Strength is twenty. Uh, so again, you just don't want to get near it. Um, also is twenty. Um, the regular. So the biggest difference in a, in terms of what it has and doesn't have, the regular flesh golem is afraid of fire, mm. right? Which is again a sort of a play on the Frankenstein sort of yeah. uh, mythos. This one is not because it was. It's resistant to fire. Yeah, because this thing, the idea is that it's been like stitched together from parts of devils and demons, Yugoloths and other fiends by some sort of like night hag. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, so this thing, this is actually out of uh, Baldur's Gate. uh, Mm. Yeah, Descent into Avernus. Much Uh, scarier. Yeah, really. So yeah, if you want to take your Frankenstein monster to another level, like. The one thing about the thing about when you start doing horror, and we've talked about this quite a while back in a horror episode we did, is an unknown. The unknown is what scares people, right? Mm. So if they have see like the shadow of something flying overhead or flying around, they're not thinking flesh golem. Yeah. Right. So you know they're thinking, okay, what's this flying thing going to be? And when something like this thing drops down, it's got demonic um, bat wings. Yeah like several horns sticking all across out across its body and the description then becomes terrifying right i mean you imagine you already imagine how grotesque devils and demons are and now there's a bunch of those things stitched together into a frankenstein monster this thing is you could be very grotesque with the way this thing looks and it still has this really cool thing of lightning absorption it regains Mm. points of zap with lightning yeah um and i often the the most insane thing can i say is this thing is immune to bludgeoning, slashing, and piercing from non-magical attacks that aren't adamantine or silvered. Yep. In d- addition to immunity to lightning and poison and resistance to cold and fire, most of the things your players will be throwing at this thing, it is completely resistant or immune to, Yeah. Um, which is scary. Yeah, it has a lot of conditional immunities. Not stunned, though. Your monk's still in action. Yeah. Oh, of course, a DM, if you hate your monk, you can give it stun immunity as well. Yeah. But. Um, it's funny. It can't be paralyzed, but it could be stunned. I never well, paralyzed it. is different from stunned i guess some ways uh, anyway so it has some magic resistance right saving throws uh against spells and other magical effects it gets an advantage on all um, its attacks are magical as well albeit its attacks aren't great it can make two um but it can only do spludging damage i wish it could do something more fire it's a little bit more like it. it's just like you know hulk smash sort of a thing like if i were to be more creative i'd give it maybe a thr- hurling lightning type attack yeah um, so it doesn't have lightning up. absorption which I mean, this thing is essentially just a big hammer that comes at you. Um, mm. The lightning absorption. I've tried to tie golems to other masters and things course, controlling yeah. it, who often have some ability to actually shoot out lightning bolts. This is some dark inventor warlock yeah. guy who's. I've I've run I've run uh, I once ran a, a laboratory with a brain in a jar that had a flesh golem in the room, and from the brain in the jar you could see uh, lightning would come out in a you know in the usual beam that it does 
at, directed at the flesh golem mm. every turn as a legendary action. And anything that was in line with that lightning bolt would obviously get zapped by it, take the damage. Meanwhile, the golem would heal. Um, and that's a great way to sort of combine forces. And I've got a new one on this list down here as well that we could you could potentially do something like that with as well. We'll get to that uh, at number four. But first, moving on. Moving on to our unspeakable horror from Ben Richten's at Guide number to Number six, yeah, the uh, unspeakable horror, which we can't really talk about. No, uh, it's unspeakable, so... There's I guess that. we move on to the next one. <laughs> no, no. What does it say about the unspeakable uh, the horror? The unspeakable horror I like because it gives DMs a lot of different, like, options. It's a very customizable yeah, uh, monster. It's CR8, so it's it's beefy. Mm. Um, yeah, these things get a lot of different things that you could do, um, which is kind of well, just this ultimate crazy alien type monster um that is just unspeakable unfathomable in its shape and um contortedness yeah, and very lovecraftian yeah, somehow very lovecraftian. in that way if you like, want an actual lovecraftian something yeah um if you're, wanna, in, if you're going for the cthulhu style like ultimately world ending and is a little bit more of a local threat perhaps um you could go for something like one of these um that are still pretty dark terrible things um they're super customizable though because um, they essentially you can pick out what their body composition is like from four different types which gives them all sorts of different features almost like imagine some of those summon spells that came from tasha's but it's a dm and you get way more selection uh, they get things called hex blasts which you could imagine more as just certain magical effects or physical effects like shooting out acidic bile or um a wave of mind altering magic is released or petrifying gas or things that you know, distort your perception, etc. Um, they also get all sorts of different limbs, like bone blades, corrosive pseudopods, grasping tentacles, and poisonous limbs that you could combine in conjunction to yeah, create yeah. this terrifying-looking thing. Yeah, um, I mean the, uh, that shambles towards you. And the 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 books actually got a few of them listed out too, like how to like what the aberrant armor one looks like and things like that. You can there's a lot of of stuff in mm. in this, like the. It's got a lot of abilities that seem to recharge on five or six. Those are, yeah, little magical things that can um, shoot out. That can kind of shoot out different petrifying hexes and things. Uh, reality stealing hex? I mean, my god. That one can change your perception and distort it where you are deafened and blinded and all sorts of things. And I think as a DM, you very quickly, when you scan something like this and you see all these abilities that recharge, the recharge is sort of code to say this is this thing's got a lot of punch to it we're actually limiting how many times you might as a dm be able to use this yeah otherwise you're gonna kill people mm. bad um it's and i think that that idea of burst damage of things that monsters that on one round can deliver a lot and then the next rounds maybe a little bit less and then they get it back there's another big burst um is actually kind of it's that's that actually can be quite terrifying for a party. Um, they feel it once and they don't feel it for a while and then it's coming back. And there really is a race to try and kill it before it regains those uh, yeah, those abilities. You can be super creative with this, which is why I like it. Although, I mean, it does require a little bit more imagination. Um, it is pretty cool though. I just, and it is, it's very Ravenloft as well, where you like half formed evils lurk amid the mists. So you can, any setting that you want to have like, you know, Halloweeny type thing with sort of foggy like sort of stuff yeah. rolling into town and 
in the fog, this thing emerges from it. Um, that's that's just scary. We all yeah. get scared by fog, like when it's really thick. And as a yeah, just that there's these sort of horrors that come with it. Mist is, mm. and maybe the maybe the party's just walk into town and and doesn't know this, and then you know suddenly somebody is like, the mists are coming, and everybody goes home and starts like bolting the doors, and the party's what's like, what's in the mist? And you can see the faint on? silhouettes of these creatures lumbering through. Um, yeah. They're huge too. I mean, you can make them smaller, but they are huge. Forty foot walking speed, AC seventeen. If they've got the aberrant armor on, it's these things are scary. And they've got and it's grasping tentacles. Who doesn't like a little tentacle horror yeah. at at Halloween time? Absolutely. At any time, really. Definitely. Good old tentacles. If you want like Wrap a super terrifying octopus boss that's got psionics this is the one for you <laughs> that's got psionics it's just those words is like oh gosh yeah um yeah but there's all sorts of stuff they can petrify turning people to stone yeah and that's the only thing you you come across in the fog you find uh before you find this you find you find somebody turn to yeah running and turn to stone mm. looks of horror on their face you do stuff like that as a dm before you like reveal your horror it's important to like foreshadow it and drop little hints at it never let them actually see the whole thing for a while um they need to sort of either chase or be chased by it and uh and yeah look for a jump scare whenever you can yeah definitely as this out from the mist this tentacle you know reaches towards you and pulls you in and you see the person disappear you know um but speaking of psionic squid-like horrors We've got the Alhoons, which yeah. were perhaps a little bit more magical in Al- some ways. Alhoons are like really, I mean, they're sort of a pet favorite of mine. Kind of um, like mind flayers, but. They are mind flayers. They begin as mind flayers. Undead. And they've got a funny long story with uh, how it all works. But so, so mind flayers are psionic type creatures, right? Mm. They typically don't ever pursue arcane magic. Uh, and those who do are exotic exiled as deviants so elhoons to begin with are essentially deviant mind flayers mm. and they're sort of on the road to lichdom and it's there's sort of a halfway step there is actually stat blocks out there for um mind flayer liches which are yeah. kind of like another you sort of like level up yeah and they're sort of a true lichdom whereas these guys are sort of a little bit in between they're like they're sort of like a dark spooky wizardy uh creature with a squid face you know that that but they're undead they're actually on cr10 undead creatures um so you can really treat this you know with your you know if you've got clerics and unholy things and stuff that you want to you know combine together you've got it's kind of a fun way to combine uh you know something that you know that isn't typically an undead creature um and now it is although it does actually have resistance against being turned like they're pretty tough yeah and they still have their mind blast sort of powers like there's some psionic some of them psychic energy uh they can blast out a 60 foot cone Mm. each creature in that area pretty giant cone they have to make an intelligence saving throw dc 16 you don't see a lot of intelligence saving throws uh the rogues are okay the wizards are okay everybody else is like nope just failed that one yeah uh, and it's a pile. It's 48 plus 4. So you damage. And you're stunned for yeah. one minute. Stunned. Just a like minute. you got hit by a stunning strike. 
Do but you know for how, like, a minute. I know. Stun sucks. I mean, you can repeat the save, but that's Each like of 10 turns. turns gone. But if, you yeah, you've got to keep rolling. You can repeat the intelligence save, um, which is just nuts. And, yeah, and that means sucks. they can wail on you. Uh, they've got a lot of spells. Taking damage doesn't even let you repeat it. I mean, this is yeah. a really you just fact. I mean, every turn you get it, you get to repeat the saving Unless throw, someone but, like gives advantage on like certain saves um, or gives you like a resistance or something they can to use help their, with this, They can use tough. their chill grasp uh, to do 3d6 cold damage to you every Not turn. Not to be confused with their chill touch, which they also have. <laughs> yeah, um, but they, and they've got they've got a, a all sorts of spells. They've got a sixth level spell slot. Yeah. Not to mention that they have psionics and spell casting. So either they bring up globe of invulnerability or they drop disintegrate on you. Kapow. Also, once per day for free as well. That doesn't even like cost them their fifth levels or sixth levels. They have dominate monster and plane shift. Um, to go through some of the other stuff, they got classics like Mirror Image, Counterspell, Fly, Confusion, Black Tentacles, Modify Memory, Wall of Force. These things are yeah, oof, or, pretty tough. Or because they're Arcane um, Wizard, essentially, feel free. They're a 12th level spellcaster. If Give you if spells. you like if you have your own as a you know spells you like to cast or you think would suit your setting setting better, go for it. You know you mix that up, you put stuff together. Synaptic um, static, I could see all sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, and exactly, just essentially, just you know look Mind at the, look at your spell slots and just think, okay, this this <laughs> this is like a powerful powerful creature to be yeah. up against. Uh, because, Not to mention its immunity to non magical attacks. Yes. Um, and resistances. All its saving throws have got major bonuses. Plus seven con, plus uh, eight one, intelligence, plus eight wisdom. True sight, did I mention? That's oh, yeah. Ridiculous. True sight. Uh, telepathy, too. Yep. Yeah, these things are crazy. Uh, I, think it, are I think, yeah, way, ab well. way above their uh, challenge rating of 10. Absolutely. Uh, Over 100 hit points, crazy AC. I mean, these things are tough. Yep. Really. Absolutely. To uh, be feared. Some counterspell and global of invulnerability, so they can also decide if they want to really shut down your wizard. They mm. can. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, good luck with these guys. True. You also need some luck with our next contender, which is the Death Kiss. Um, these things are spooky looking. Um, yeah, so... They're again, an offshoot of the Beholder, right? Yeah, so I, uh, I like the tentacle thing again. Um the uh yeah so you've got a floating ball with a big eye on it and mm. these tentacle arms that come out from it i think again this is a spooky one in a setting that's a lot of darkness and you want to just for a while you only see the tentacles on it it's got a huge reach on them i believe yeah uh 20 foot reach with its tentacles mm. so that's like around corners or whatever you want um and it's definitely one of the things that can if it hits it grapples it's got like little suction cup or mouth teeth things or whatever at the end of the, the tentacles that that's sort of, if they hit you it, it bites into you and like whew, pulls you back uh you're grappled immediately dc 14 um yeah and actually not only that you're restrained uh and of course if it if you are restrained on it it can't use that tentacle uh, again however it has 10 tentacles so it can restrain up to 10 creatures which is yeah crazy and then it has this thing of blood drain so if you are uh res grappled restrained by it um it can force you to make a con save again not the it hardest zaps save you the with world. this lightning well it's blood is lightning yeah so it's blood is lightning which again if you hit it that lightning, lightning that lightning can jump out time. but again i thought this would be cool what if this thing had a couple of those 
those flesh golems or fiendish flesh golems at the end of its tentacles, like, like a puppet to master Ooh, that it had creepy. was running those out. Like I mean, I wouldn't do the from fiendish the, one because those might be too powerful. But but regular ones even that run out, you know, twenty feet yeah. ahead of it, um, and it's zapping them each turn and healing them, like healing them, and healing itself time. at the same time. Yeah, that's kind of crazy combo. That's um, de- that's deadly. That's kind of spooky Halloween stuff right there. Very spooky. But they are a blood drinker. And that's, I think, you know, part of why I like this. It's a very, it's got a Halloween-y sort of vibe. The mm. Death Gifts survive solely on ingested blood. Isn't that great? That's, Gross. that's just great. Uh, it obsessively drains even little creatures such as rats. So you've got, you've got things like that to set up as foreshadowing, right? You can see throughout the town or whatever, you know, more and more creatures, little things at first, things that people didn't care about, then suddenly people's pets, people's livestock, people themselves, things suddenly be drained and you're thinking vampire, right? Everybody's going to start thinking vampire, but then maybe somebody's got good medicine check, looking at it going, I don't know. It's a lightning burn. It doesn't, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like a vampire. And, And that's what scares people is then they don't know like what it is that's killing things like this. Um, yeah, and then finally you do. You actually, I said, I said I wouldn't show it right away. I'd even like they'd see tentacles first. They'd see things like that. From but them. also, then these I'd disappearing keep it bodies. As as I could. You see in town these shambling, stitched monsters. You know that run through the night, and they're like, "Are the people? Are, what's turning? What's happening? You know, these people are being turned into these monstrosities." Or perhaps you wait until the big reveal, yeah. where there's in the the old town barnyard, there's sparks of light in the dead of night well that's it you could put a little frankenstein vibe with it where like yeah you see this like lightning and you go to investigate and there's a flesh golem that's been put together and that you have this thing basically Mm -hmm. you give it the ability to create flesh golems um that that's terrifying and then yeah they're made of the parts and pieces of all the different things people from the village and livestock and all sorts of gross combinations and this folks is how you do horror yeah that's that's scary it's how you can put things together that, uh, and it and it suddenly it takes it beyond just this floating orb with with tentacles, and it becomes something far more frightening. Sinister, yeah. All right, we're in our top three now. Mm, our the top three. Top three Halloweeny. I don't know if this is really like a ranking, is it? I don't know. We're, we've been going up in CR values. True. I guess it's a ranking of CR values, but all of these are cool. Yeah. I think all of these. None of these are worse than others necessarily, but some of them are pretty. Cool. No, no. This is number three. This is number three, though. Uh, apparently on our list, which is another cool one introduced through Van Richten. Uh, this one truly is newer. Truly is newer. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah. it is kind of an older idea. Um, so Luke Guru is French for uh, werewolf. Is it? Yeah. Did you look that up? Or are you saying that? I'm I'm pretty sure. Luke Garou. Yeah. Or Rougarou or Luke Garou. L-O-U-P, Loop is uh like i think latin to wolf, wolf right yeah um so maybe it's latin even for werewolf but, but rather than just the english version of a werewolf right. um this loop garu is far much more deadly it's a, it's as if it's a dire wolf where it's a dire werewolf essentially well, uh, yeah and even uh, a step up ways. from that it has um it has some legendary actions yeah this is a legendary thing and has some lair actions. It has a bunch of other stuff 
going on that um, maybe not doesn't layer yeah, isn't it's right there. Action, just um, legendary. legendary actions. You can uh, give it layer actions. You though. can if it was in. It's whatever. Um, so it's got a. It's got a, a, a the ability to shift forms like all werewolves. Um, Forty foot movement in its hybrid form. Fifty foot if it wants to be a dire wolf. Uh, has advantage on attack rolls against creatures that don't have all their hit points. Which is crazy. <laughs> Which is amazing. Two legendary resistances a day where it can just nope anybody's... And it constantly uh, regains hit points. Yeah, regenerating 10 HP each turn. Um, is, it, it stops if you hit it with a silver weapon that's yeah it. which is great isn't that classic, wonderful yeah classic sort of good old silver not magic just silver and i like that i like that so much um and again the thing about doing a this monster is that you can rp for a while in your session mm. with this thing as a humanoid totally regular old human in the village Somebody you might wouldn't even suspect, maybe. It could be a little old lady. It could be whatever, um, which is always a nice little twist on the old uh, Red Riding Hood yeah. story. Grandma is the werewolf. Mm. Um, why? What big teeth you've got, Grandma? Oh, the better to bite you with. Uh, it does have a bite attack, plus nine to hit. Pretty good. 2d8 piercing plus... A nice 14 points of necrotic is 46 necrotic damage. Yeah, this thing is uh, uh And if the target is humanoid, has to make DC 17 constitution. 17. Or guess what? You're getting lycanthropy. Not only regular. You get lycanthropy and no, you no, no, get like but, but you got to understand, this is not just lycanthropy. Yeah. This is lube guru lycanthropy. Yeah. Uh, which uh, means that um, if you succumb to the lycanthropy, you become a werewolf. Uh, this form of lycanthropy cannot be removed while the creature that infected you lives. Oh. Great fun. Once the Luguru is slain. Then, yeah. Remove curse on the night of a full moon. Yep. Let's it repeat the save. Yay. And if the curse is broken, it gains three levels of exhaustion. Oh, bummer. And if the curse remains, if it, if it fails, it automatically fails any saving throw for the next month. Yeah. Or oh, well, not any saving throw, but to break the curse. So getting rid of this is tough. Not only do you have to kill the actual thing itself, then you got to no remove cursed on a full moon. Um, and then only then it gets to make a saving throw again. Hopefully you've got all your stuff ready to make sure your player succeeds their con save. Well, my, my players, I actually had them fight this. I nerfed it a little bit um, since they'd already been through a big werewolf fight. This was actually one of the remnants of the werewolves had gone off and sort Blue of Garoud. had yeah gotten enhanced and came back for revenge. Um, and the party had actually been fighting, had been working really hard to cure themselves of lycanthropy for a while. So they had some leftover cures from it. So I didn't make them take take the cure thing up another notch. Yeah. Um, I like that we kind of use the stuff that they'd already spent enough sessions working on. Um, but it's still, and it, it, the truth was that it wasn't as, as exciting as you could do it if you were doing this as a standalone, like one shot. Like I said, they they knew the character, the the 
you know, the, I didn't do any sort of surprises with the monster was like, you know, in their midst or anything like that first. Um, though that would have been, that is definitely the way to play this if you're going to be scary with it. Um, but it, the legendary actions do give it an enormous economy in battle. Um, and and it, it says it's got like three actions and like swipe costs one, mauling pounce costs two, bite costs three. Mm. Um, while I may have nerfed it, it's like anthropy things, I actually buffed that by just making each one of those things worth one point, essentially, that mm. they could do a swipe, a mauling pounce, and a bite at the end of somebody else's turn, one of each, or one per uh, action, right? So it meant that they could do they could do these cool backflips and get out of danger, like the... The, the mauling pounce is scary, because yeah. it can make it an opportunity attack. So no, yeah, it attack, says but... that the Lugaruk moves up to its speed yeah. without provoking opportunity attacks. So it means, especially yeah. as legendary action, it can get out of the out of a dangerous spot. But as it's running away, yeah. it can immediately make a claw if it's wolfy yeah. or sword if it's human against everyone it runs past. Fun, right? Which is kind of crazy, um, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, with its speed of fifty feet, while it's in full direwolf form, um, that's really scary, uh, especially when these claw attacks are doing what 11 plus knocking people prone um every hit it's it's insane yeah and then you follow that up with another swipe with advantage jeesh yeah and they could be in humanoid form and be getting a lot of this with making uh long sword attacks with that move as well which Mm -hmm. could be hugely devastating if you especially if you were inclined to give them some sort of darkly magical long sword eek yeah. Uh it could be these this could be a really interesting um this could be like a, a maybe again maybe it's not just your average town folk maybe this is the the mayor of the town or something even this could be yeah. you could write this however you want to make it sort of a, a really truly uh legendary villain. Mm-hmm. Um it with a CR of 13. This is the big bad in many ways. Yeah, if you were doing a Halloween one shot with Sort of like a lower level party, level four, level five, something like that. This this is this would be no a good way. fight. Level four party for CR thirteen. Level five, maybe. Yeah. No way. I think it'd be close to a, a, a fair fight. They can't hide from this thing. It's got passive perception twenty three, dark vision under twenty feet. Well, it depends how many's in the party. I Plus suppose. nine stealth, crazy speed, and st- oh, nearly two hundred hit points. Somebody's gonna have to die. It's AC Halloween. AC sixteen. It gets advantage on every attack. After dealing, drawing first blood. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Two instant succeed saves. Regenerates 10 what, all right. hit points what, every single turn. What what level of party would you put this against? Maybe like an eight or nine. Yeah. I think my party was like, I think they were like seven or eight when they fought it and they won, no problem. But again, they didn't, weren't really surprised by it as much. They kind of, it was a showdown. The and bonus they, action stuff, the legendary actions, yeah, this thing is deadly. They uh, did okay, I guess but your party is like built for fighting werewolves in many ways. Yeah, I mean that was their kind of whole initial goal. But um, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a good one. I would recommend uh, as a, every DM give this one a, a a go. It can do its um, shape change as a bonus action, yeah, which is fun to remember nice. as well because it, it can actually travel much faster in direwolf uh, form. So if you want a bonus action direwolf action uh, dash. 
you go and real movement. Far. You've got a hundred feet of movement. It's nice. And then legendary action. Which oh, another creatures turn turn back into. Which again gets you out of hybrid. Me- gets you out of melee combat fight. a bit as well. So a party that can't really chase after you, it allows the monster to sort of disappear into the woods for a moment. The party sort of you know putting their backs to each other, waiting for it to return, and then it can come out at them again, which is oh. pretty exciting. If you want to be even scarier, though. And it can regenerate while it's doing that much faster than the party can. Yeah. Watch out for the Mummy Lord. Yeah. So, number two. Um, everybody likes good mummy at uh, Halloween time, right? That's a classic. Classic undead. Classic monster. But the the Mummy Lord takes it, like, this in my mind makes it feel much more like, um, well, like the movies, like Curse of the Mummy, right? Where you, you know... It's not just some sort of like shambling, you know, pile of rags, but you've got something that's got, you a know, layer. spell casting ability. Ooh, you know, uh, it still has vulnerability to fire, but mm-hmm. it's got some great saving throws. Plus eight to con, plus nine to wisdom, plus eight to charisma. It's, you know, you can't charm it, exhaust it, frighten it, paralyze it, poison it. Um, it comes back if you don't destroy its heart. Damage immunities, necrotic, poison. And anything that's non-magical, just Im- piercing. It just yeah, I mean immune. Yeah, we've seen some other things to, on this list to non-magical that, damage. It does have a vulnerability, but I won't spoil it for you uh, if you're a player. Um, just know that it there, it does have a weakness, and perhaps it's a little yeah, bit obvious when it you is think about obvious. It. it is obvious. It's composition, but um, it gets yeah, like you said, it sort has of fun sort of and kind it, and of it, divine magic in and a way. advantage against spells and other magical effects on it advantage on saving throws yeah so cool. like i said with those not only does it have these big plus eight plus nine uh Save. saves at with advantage so it's gonna be hard for your spell casters to really throw down on it mm-hmm. and then it casts uh, a bit like a cleric uh you know it's got cleric type spells sacred flames thaumaturgy command guiding bolt shield of faith Hold person's silence and silence really puts uh, a, a clamper and, on you. When spiritual weapons, so you know it brings that up and it can just beat on you without even getting mm-hmm. close, which Honest is action. always good fun. Yeah, um, fun things. I mean, it, with the new set of spells that have come out, you could again tweak this. Sure, like any sort of spell casting monster. But again, spells DC, the save DC seventeen with this yeah. on all their spells effects, which with things like harm and contagion and insect plague. Insect plagues be, is so cool. It opens its mouth and locusts fly out at you. That's, yeah, that's really mummy stuff. That is great mummy stuff. I like it. Um, they also got stuff like rotting fists that can, whenever it kills someone, turn them into dust and it can curse them with mummy rot and reduce their max HP, which is Yeah, mummy terrifying. rot, like lycanthropy, it's just one of those sort of classic Dungeons and Dragons uh sort of things to be afflicted by oh. uh yeah as a dm I, I i wouldn't even blink to try and hit a player with that yeah Maybe. dreadful glare as well every every player should have a character that's had you know a curse a curse of some sort put upon them at some point mm. just good times yeah dreadful glare as well where you can try and paralyze people with it it's 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 sinister in many ways but that doesn't even get to the real bread and butter almost with this thing which is its immense list of legendary actions which are quite cool um it can attack or glare people it can blind creatures it can stun people it can um prevent people like it can release energy that prevents people from uh regaining hit points which is really nefarious yeah is that the channel negative energy yeah yeah creatures within 60 feet 
including the ones behind barriers and around corners, can't regain hit points until the end of the Mummy Lord's next turn. They can get a free get out of jail pretty much any situation where Whirlwind of Sands into a, that's like I said, Whirlwind of Sand moving 60 feet um, and then reverting to the original form. But yeah. while it's in this like whirlwindy form, it's immune to all damage, can't be grappled, petrified, knocked prone, restrained, or stunned. Take that, monks. Which is crazy. Um, so if it is stunned, and at the end of your monk's turn, yes, I stunned it. Yep, nope. It's stunned while it returns back to its original thing, but now it's 60 feet further away from you, which is kind of insane. Cool, though. Yeah, and, and if you kill it, uh, and its heart is intact um and it's it, the idea is that its heart actually lives in its lair someplace it's like in a mm -hmm. jar or something like uh, very lich like as yeah. well yeah and so yeah it uh it you know once again begins to reform a day later um so yeah if your your party has fun killing it once it can have even more fun killing it a second time yeah in its lair and then gets to face some lair actions on initiative count 20, the mummy lord takes the lair action to cause one of the following effects. Uh, undead creatures in the lair can pinpoint the location of each living creature within under 20 feet, which is good fun. Uh, so you're going to put a bunch more undead in the space that the, and maybe just like regular mummies? I don't know. That might be fun. Um, or whatever you want. Skeletons, maybe? Or maybe yeah. you beef it up. Maybe you make them really tough. Uh Anybody for husk zombies? <laughs> um, it, not that tough, but fiendish okay. flesh golems. Yeah, um, yeah. Any any of the undead things? Heck, didn't we just mention Alhoons? Shadows. They're undead. Shadows too. Uh, yeah, you you make this as deadly as you want. Um, and yeah, it's got regional effects too. You can do fun like stuff that Very foretells like this thing. Yeah, yeah, like food that molds. Uh, water that instantly evaporates non-magical drinks are spoiled turning to vinegar or whatever um yeah. good fun makes it really annoying trying to come up on this thing because you're trying to stay hydrated for your big fight and suddenly <laughs> now you're risking you know exhaustion because you can't eat and drink and uh and the heart idea is kind of fun yeah it's uh it's like it's in a jar of masonry or something um and yeah you just gotta you know, find the heart's got AC five, so you know twenty five hit points shouldn't be hard to kill. No, but I'm assuming our mummy lord is guarding this thing. Yeah, well, like and I said, you've got loads of other things around it, so yeah. and lots uh, of traps too. Yeah. Curses. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did we curses. talk about? Have loads we talked about? Curses. Because yeah, no, no, no Egyptian horror type setting doesn't have a curse. It's got to be a pyramid that's in right or totally. something. Yeah, some sort yeah. of tomb. That's that's definitely trap city. Speaking of the ultimate layer, though, can we talk about our number one pick? Yeah, yeah, he's my he's my buddy. Love this guy. He is the land. Yeah, he's the ancient. Uh, his name is Strahd von Sarovich. Yep, and we've he's talked a, about him in the past. He's a, we had a whole episode dedicated to him. For sure do. Sake. He's a vampire. But it's hard not uh, to miss him again. And this Halloween, uh, finally, my sixteen-month-long campaign comes to an end. Hopefully, <laughs> so one way or the other. Uh, this Halloween, uh, my party is going up against Strahd, and. Uh, Somebody's gonna die. <laughs> really? Uh, either the party or the vampire. Oh, right, I guess. Um, the the games the campaign's ending one way or the other. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Now 
he's only listed usually as a CR15. And and that doesn't seem super duper tough, but again, you've got to remember that he's inside Castle Ravenloft. Um, there's a lot of other things inside Castle Ravenloft. He has full control over the castle um, and can move through the walls yeah. of the castle. He can make the doors of the castle open and close and lock and do all of those sorts of really spooky things. Um, so you, you got to sort of feel him as a very omnipotent power within mm-hmm. uh, the castle. And the castle itself is like full of minions, um, but he's got powers that can just very quickly bring, you know, more bats or rats, uh, you know, into the equation. Uh, and depending which room you're sort of fighting him in, he knows how to use that that space. He's a, a ninth level caster. Uh, spell save is DC 18. Um, he's plus 10 with his spell attacks. Tough. And... And just that alone, again, you should pick and choose what sort of spells you want to give him. He's got um, one fifth level slot, which you can just sort of decide what to do with. Um, you can animate objects is one of the common ones they sort of suggest. And it's very, you know, you bring the room to life and everything in the room starts to attack the players and he sort of slips off. He uh, He's AC 16 with natural armor. However, he does have within the castle itself uh, a suit of full plate and a longsword. He's his history is that he he was a a great warrior, uh, mm. soldier um, at one time, and so he doesn't walk around this stuff all the time. But if he thinks, okay, well, this is a big fight, he can slip off uh, while you're being distracted by his minions, put on his armor, and come back into the fight, going from AC sixteen now up to AC twenty or more. Yeah. Um, Another layer action you can do is sever you from your shadow. Yeah, which is um, crazy cool. We mentioned shadows before, and suddenly if this is happening, every initiative t- count 20, more and more shadows start popping up, and your strength is being drained, and oh, you know, now it's a nightmare. Plus, you can summon specters all the time as well. It's There's a lot of fun stuff you can do with it. Um, not to mention, I mean, we've talked about Strahd in the past, and we're nearly hitting the hour mark. Um, yeah, and there's, I mean, there's other things, like his regeneration is... Is is, is pretty insane. Yeah. Um, he has a misty escape, and which is kind of the 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 worst thing about him. If you hit drop him to zero, uh, he a bit like the the mummy we were talking about before. He mm. runs back to his coffin. Um, so really, you've got to fight him at his coffin if you really, really, really want to kill him. Yeah. Uh, but you know he's a vampire, so he doesn't like sunlight. So if you got uh, some way of of dropping sunlight on him, which if you've been playing Curse of Strahd for a while, you probably have the sun sword. So there's always that. Um, that helps. But his his legendary actions are insane as well. Like he he can move up to his speed without provoking opportunity attacks. Uh, he Great. can make his unarmed strike, which instead of doing damage, he can just grapple you with, and pretty that's cool. pretty awesome. And then his bite, which of course drains you of some hit points. Of course, does it heal him? Uh, yeah. Ah, yes. And uh, Strahd regains hit points equal to the amount that he drains. The reduction lasts, and that actually reduces your max HP. Oh, that's tough. Until you finish a long rest, uh, and of course you die if your max HP. And if he hits buries zero. you, then you raise a vampire spawn. Yeah. Fun times, Fall right? Night. He can also hypnotize you. Yeah, his charm's um, pretty solid. Classic vampire stuff there, too. Uh, DC 17 wisdom saving throw, mm. which is 
pretty good. Now, I think if you're a monk, uh, you can sort of shake off charm, uh, right? And if you're a, a cleric, you probably got a pretty good wisdom saving throw, so yeah. you're probably okay. But uh, for the rogue in the party, hmm, watch out. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of different things that he can do that is really, and that's, I think the most important part with this as well is you've got a, he's a shape changer. He can like turn into bats. He can turn to a misty form and turn to wolves as well. And you've got to play him. You've got to play him as, as cold, ruthless, uh, but super smart in the way that he attacks. Like he's, he can move through the walls and things as well when in within the castle so that he'll he will definitely use that to his advantage he will move through a wall the players will be like where is he you can't do it and then on his turn he'll come back through and hit you uh and then he can use legendary actions to disappear again so he can just do these guerrilla warfare things coming through and mm-hmm. and then again with the with a long sword uh which could easily be slightly magical if you'd like uh, he can he could really tear through a party. He's got four main weaknesses, though, which yeah. is that he can't enter into a residence without an invitation from one of the occupants. He takes 20 damage if he ends his turn in running water, which, of course, he could run away, but still. Running uh, water is really t- tricky to true. and hard to find. Uh, you go be outside in a river or something, right? Or have some sort of magic like Maelstrom, perhaps. Yeah, that's always fun. Um and this also prevents if he's in running water it prevents his regeneration too uh if you stake him to the heart um while he's incapacitated in his coffin he is paralyzed until the stake is removed and finally the kicker is his sunlight hypersensitivity which is while he's in sunlight he takes 20 radiant damage and has disadvantage on pretty much everything besides his saves and no longer regenerates as well which is kind of a kablammy super move to shut him down um but the real thing is that stake to the heart i mean classic literature classic what you i mean really if you're playing this game you got to beat this guy because you may have driven him to zero hit points he's in his coffin you've got to get there you've got to drive that stake into his heart and then kill him again with as much sunlight as you can yeah and that's how you really take down a legendary monster because this guy is the the ultimate bbeg stat block i mean he's stacked with all sorts of summons and things upon things upon things that make him a joy to yeah. play the and, DM. And you really are, villain. you are really are probably running this against CR or, or um, a party that's like level eight or nine. Hmm. Um, I know people who have put lower level parties against him. I would, I would be worried about that party. Um, <laughs> but like you were <laughs> suggesting my loop guru would probably tear through a level five party. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it, it depends what kind of Halloween party you want to run. Um, if it's a one shot and everybody at the table is kind of cool that, you know, it's 50-50 whether they're going to make it through the night, um, then yeah, I think, you know, make sure your monsters have got, uh, it's Halloween. The monsters should have advantage. I That's how I feel about Halloween. Totally. Um, yeah, that's how you stack the odds. Finally, before we go, we got some honorable mentions, perhaps. Really quickly. Um, that quickly, we won't go through what they are, but some things that maybe didn't make the list, but are still cool, spooky monsters. Cave fishers um, can hit you with this, like, sticky secretion, and they hang from caves and then pull you up into the darkness, and those are, and they look scary, too, very alien. Uh, doppelgangers are, you know, just present in all sorts of literature, super spooky. We haven't mentioned Linden. any spiders on the list, no. and I really wanted to put spiders. There's a, a last ton of different ones great spider. out there. Yeah, I, last Halloween I had a, um, a legendary 
uh, spider, spider that, that I had a 20th level fight that everybody fought. But even yeah, the lower level style, phase spiders that kind of blink in and out can be used hugely effectively. Mm. Strigoi are like masters of the, what are those like little um, things that suck your blood? The mosquitoes. Ones. And well, yes, but they're kind of like magic. Oh, the, 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 yeah, the, I want to say strigs. They almost got a similar name. Yeah, about. yeah, something like that. But this is like very like yeah, they're like giant mastermind of those things. Giant mosquito them, things. Summons more of yeah. them. Which again, um, any blood drinker is good at Halloween. Tobelposs are like cows for hags, and we haven't talked about hags or witches yeah, either. I would have put hags um, on this honorable mention list as well because totally. Uh, but that, that's that's a that's a given. <laughs> they're a whole nother thing. And you can do all sorts of hags. That they deserve their own talk. Really, um, the Tobelposs can hit you with a death stare, which is really deadly. Um, Remorazes are horrors in the snow. Um, Gloomstalkers. Oh yeah, Gloomstalkers are like great. They're from again. Uh, they're a new, uh, newish. I, I don't know why I keep thinking wild mounts all that new, but they're a wild yeah. mount creature, giant, basically shadow bat. Uh, Pretty much. Really big. You could actually ride them in theory. I think they're like large. Uh, anyways, they're. Strahd could be riding one of these for. God, oh, that's a good Although idea. Although he has a nightmare as well. He but... does. Bos Bocephalus. Yeah, and we won't even get into nightmares, which are another whole discussion. Um, there's Nosferatu's from. Um, newer stuff. I think those are from Benedictines too. Those are yeah. quite funny. Other if you want to have a bit of a less variation on vampires vampire. and things. Yeah. Um, there's the Sorosworn, which are just great if you want some inspiration for like twisting well, messed up Vampires, people. straight up vampires themselves, actually aren't all that that no, bad no. or tough. And in fact, really. that's how Curse of Strahd comes about. Is that Tracy Hickman long ago, while playing it, was like they come across vampires a vampire really like in a dungeon somewhere, and he's like, "What's this thing doing down here? And why is it like?" Why is it so nerdy? Mm. Like, let's make it a real scary thing. And I love that about, I think, doing putting Straw at the top of the list is nothing beats the old king of the vampires. Yeah. And maybe next year he'll be dethroned. But maybe we're to see um, based on what is revealed in the next year. Thank you for joining us. We've taken over an hour, but this is just so much fun. Happy about. Halloween, everybody. Yeah, happy uh, Halloween. Get out there, trick or treat, get some candy in you, and uh, go scare the heck out of your party. Yeah, and watch Rick Roll. Yeah. Bye-bye.